Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast. I'm John Norman and between now and the tour of the West Indies, which you can hear exclusively live on TalkSport 2, I will be bringing you a weekly cricket roundup alongside the former England spinner Gareth Batty. It's a Christmas special today where we look back at 2018 uh, for England and for the rest of cricket. But for England, it was a year that started off in the worst possible fashion. Oh, it's worth a shout. We've seen that a number of times in the series, and that's the same result. Seven times Nathan Lyon has got Moe Nelly, and uh, that equals a record in the series. Yes, he's given him. It's Australia have now won the Ashes series of 2017-18, 4-0. Incredibly, it was to get even worse. But after a hiccup against Pakistan, Joe Root's men turn the corner at home against India and then, of course, triumphing 3-0 away in Sri Lanka. England have won the Test match. Anderson has the wicket he was prizing. What a Test match, what a finish for Anderson, what a finish also for Alistair Cook. Test match cricket at its very best. And it is umpire's call on the stumps, so you can stay with your decision. It's all over. Umpire's call. Been really hard fought this for England. They win the series 3-0. They win this game by 42 runs, but it's been tough. And now we find ourselves looking forward to January, Barbados, and a chance for England to post back-to-back series wins away for the first time in a long time. You're listening to Following On. 
Well, happy Christmas, Gareth. Hope the, uh, the the tinsel is up, the Christmas tree's ready, and uh, it's something special waiting for Santa Claus uh, to arrive. Um, getting into a Christmas spirit of things, I hope. Yeah, Merry Christmas to yourself and uh, everybody listening. Uh, yeah, poor, I love Christmas. Brilliant time of year. We don't just go one tree. We've got them dotted all over the place. We've got... Uh, we were different places to buy them with the little one, and she wants this one, she wants that one, and, uh, yeah, it's like a grotto, our house at the minute. Well, it's complete opposite here because it just doesn't feel the same when it's it's just blazing hot. You completely forget Christmas is on, and then all of a sudden you see, you know, Christmas tree just kind of standing in the middle of a mall or... Um, do you know, last year I was in New Zealand as well, and they, there was some guy in a Father Christmas outfit driving around in a red Ferrari or something. It's not the same, mate. And to be honest with you, I'll be quite happy when Christmas is over and I can just get back uh, to normal life. Because it's actually a bit of a reminder, you know. It's, Christmas is about it getting dark early, bunkering down, lots of food, family and friends, presents, too much to drink, yada yada. It, they just don't do it properly in this part of the world. Yeah, 30 degrees sounds terrible. Sat on a beach and uh, drinking your uh, your mulled wine and everything on the beach <laughs> sounds terrible, John. My heart bleeds for you. It really does. <laughs> it, Pinot Noir, mate. Not, Pinot Noir, uh, not mulled wine. In fact, that's one thing I hate about Christmas back home. I can't stand mulled wine. Anyway, uh, enough about that. It's uh, a Christmas uh, special for us here and following on. Not too long before you're out in the Caribbean, actually, so uh, you don't have to put up with the dark nights too long. <laughs> um, but, yeah, 2018, big year for England, big year for cricket. Uh, we're going to be speaking later in the show with Lawrence Booth, very shortly, actually, and also taking an Indian perspective because this has been about India just as much as England in 2018. How has their year gone? But for you... You know, the cricket and the success in England is very much based on how we do against the Aussies, isn't it? And is it possible to to really look at 2018 with much fondness when the start of it was, of course, defeat in Sydney and uh, a pretty painful one-sided 4-0 uh, defeat against the old enemy? Yeah, look, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not the place you want to start the year. Um, but I think we, we would have learned some good lessons from that. Um, some young men got some experience out there, albeit not a good experience, which uh, for professionals, that's sometimes not a bad thing. It, it, it makes the burning desire that bit more uh, so that it doesn't happen again. And I think you see the, the, the sort of progression, particularly of the test team um, from, from January right through to December now. And uh, it, it's been a bit of a revelation where they find themselves now having, having sort of whitewashed uh, Sri Lanka. Um, so convincingly that the performance was quite magnificent. We saw one of the best series we've ever seen on English shores against India. What a brilliant series. It wasn't a reflection 4-1. Uh, we'll take it, of course we will, but um, you know, India were in that contest all the way for most games and, and we ended up on the right side of it. Emergence of some young players, Sam Curran, what a year that's been for him. Uh, and there have been other players who've put the, the name in the hat. I'm, sound, I'm getting a bit Siri biased again with Ben Fawkes having a good uh, Sri Lanka uh, experience. Um, and I, I think Joss Butler has had a wonderful comeback to Test cricket. The one-day team has been going from strength to strength for a long time now. So actually 2019 hopefully can be their year and can they take uh, that World Cup. I'm pleased to say that Lawrence Booth joins us to look back at 2018 from a cricketing perspective. Um, the uh, editor of the Wisdom Almanac and cricket writer for the Daily Mail. Uh, Lawrence, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's been a funny old year for England, hasn't it? Started in the worst possible way, an Ashes defeat. Uh, it somehow got even worse 
uh, we're getting bowled out for 58 in Auckland, where uh, I find myself now. A little bit of a stumble uh, against Pakistan before beating the world's best team, India, at home. And then uh, a rare series win away in Sri Lanka. I mean, in terms of the, uh, the Wisdom Almanac, in terms of yourself, how exactly do you go about rating this, uh, this year for England? Yeah, hi, John. Yeah, good question. It's, I think, as you say, it's been an upward curve. I mean, for, for me, the story of 2018 is the story of Joe Root blossoming as England captain and stamping his authority on the job. You, you mentioned the ashes there. I mean, he was flat out in his stomach, wasn't he, in the Sydney dressing room with gastroenteritis at the start of the year. And he's finished it on a high 3-0 win in Sri Lanka. England hadn't won 3-0 away from home anywhere since the 1960s. They won eight of their last nine tests, I think, this year. And that's their best run since 2004. So... It's all about um, the, the team playing for you, playing in a bold, attacking way. The way they went to Sri Lanka and attacked their spinners was so far from the template that we're used to. Um, it, was, it, was, it was heartening, and, and the key will be to carry that on into 2019. And, you know, there's a lot of talent in this team. One or two places still need to be sorted out. But, um, but the progress they've made is, was spectacular, really. Lawrence, for you, is that, um, is that jaw route? finally putting his stamp on the team and and, and previous uh, eras he, he's sort of putting his stamp or is it players coming through playing in a manner that, that is allowing uh, England to play in an expansive way what's your take on, on the improvement side of it where does it come from? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a bit of both. I mean, I, I think it's interesting that England started playing the way they did once Alistair Cook had gone. I'm not saying Cook was a uh, was a malign presence in the dressing room, far from it. He was very popular and he, he played for the team but I think having the predecessor there sort of hovering over your shoulder, standing next to you in the slips, I think Root suddenly felt a bit more freedom um, in Sri Lanka. And of course, during those games, only one of uh, Anderson and Broad played. So again, there was another senior player who wasn't sort of in, in his head. I, I think that was Root's moment where he thought, the one-day team has played in a certain way. Why can't we use the talent at our disposal to play, um, play that way in test cricket? And yes, you mentioned there that the players they've got Fantastic. I mean, it's such a fluid batting lineup. The three different guys tried at three in Sri Lanka. Bairstow finally comes in, scores 100. The level of competition, folks coming in, debut 100, the pressure that put on Bairstow. Butler could have kept wicket. There's, there's so much um, flexibility in that lineup. They need to get a couple, an opener, possibly. Number three may not be sorted in the long term, despite Bairstow's 100 in Colombo. So I think it's a combination. Root suddenly found his voice, and, and he's got the players who can enact the, the plans he wants. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but um, how big a role has Ed Smith played in England's turn uh, in fortunes? I think he's played a big role. Um, I mean, look back to the start of the year, Joss Butler's recalled on the back of 550s in the IPL, and a lot of people said, hang on, this isn't right. You, you shouldn't be um, summoned back to the test team on the back of white ball form. But Smith took a broader view. He decided that form is something that um, can be applied to, to all the formats, if you like. And, and Butler was, was almost an instant hit. Um, 80 not out in that second test against Pakistan at Headingley. Uh, a, a patient 100 against India at Trent Bridge. 50s galore. Kept up his white, white ball form, didn't he? So, so that was an interesting moment. Of course, Sam Curran was another big pick, which um, I think Smith pushed. And he, he's played seven tests and won the lot. And uh, turned two games against Dinger on the head with, with counter-attacking 50s to the same in Palakele. So I think Smith has brought a more sort of uh, lateral thinking approach to selection, if you like. Some people weren't sure about him, but um, but so far, the, you know, the, the, the proof of the pudding is there for all to see. So, Lawrence, from the start of the year, putting you on the spot now, who is the standout <laughs> performer? It doesn't have to be a player. It can be backroom staff. It can be management from an England point of view. Who is the person who's put their stamp all over this team for us to be moving in such a beautiful curve upwards? 
Well, we talked about Root, but I, we also talked about Butler, and I actually think Butler's been been a crucial figure because not only can he bat anywhere between uh, sort of five and seven, he can keep wicket if if England want. He's become the vice captain very quickly, and Root, Root trusts him as a, a sort of a, a think tank, and he and he can play in different ways. I mean, we saw in Palakele he he swept and reverse swept, and then in Colombo he used his feet for the spinners. He decided. He watched a video, I think, of Michael Clark batting against Graham Swan and saw how well he used his feet. So Butler is a very smart cricketer, and I think that feeds into the rest of the team. For me, he is the sort of heartbeat of, of why they've changed as a test team this year. Uh, moving away from England, uh, Lawrence, it's been a huge year away from uh, from England. I mean, uh, will a little bit of sandpaper be on the front of the Wisden Almanac for 2019, <laughs> possibly? <laughs> Well, um, the colour is sandpaper. But... You probably noticed that. <laughs> um, but it, it, it has been a huge year, isn't it? Sandpaper gate for Australia. You know, this was a. We're going to be speaking about this uh, later in the show. Actually, 2018 was going to be the year that India, you know, really proved uh, their dominance. Travels to South Africa, travels to England, and uh, of course Australia. Um, the retirement of AB de Villiers. How is uh, how is the Wisden Almanac going to reflect on 2018 from a, a world perspective? Yeah, well, so the sandpaper story. We we just missed that for the the 2018 Wisden, so that we covered in full in 2019, and it's still an issue, isn't it? Because at the moment we've got an Australian team that are trying to get over what happened. They've got a new captain who's trying to be. Uh, Mr. Nicey. He, d- he doesn't always succeed, does he, Tim Payne? He can't quite help himself getting into little verbal stouches with Virat Kohli. But it, it, it's never vulgar, is it? It's always it's quite entertaining, actually, some of the, the, the verbal battles they've had. Um, and, of course, they'll face an issue when Smith and Warner are available for selection again uh, in the next... It'll be at the end of March, won't it? So they'll be available for the World Cup in the Ashes. Smith, you'd think, will walk straight back in. You'd imagine Warner will, unless Harris, Marcus Harris, in the Australian Open to keep scoring runs and they, they find a reason not to reselect him but I think the the sort of introspection that Australian cricket has gone through over the last few months has been a an amazing story in itself and of course India I mean look they're top of the rankings by a long way still um, uh, but they still can't win away from home consistently they pull off the occasional good results Centurion in South Africa Trent Bridge they won the first test in Adelaide but they, they can never string two away performances together and they, they keep saying that they're the best Indian touring team ever but the evidence doesn't actually stack up and if Kohli doesn't score runs we see that generally they struggle I know Pujara helped them win that first test but Kohli is still the key and yeah A.B. de Villiers he's a big miss isn't he I mean he's possibly the most talented all format batsman in world cricket from the last 10 years and when he decides that the international schedule is too much that's something that the administrators need to look at I fear they won't but it should be a wake up call and Lawrence, from a, at the end of this year, how do, how do you see the state of cricket, uh, not just in England but but in the world? Are we are we in a healthy position? Are we in a, a worrying position? How do you how do you see our uh, all these different competitions and and a World Cup looming? How how's it all panning out for the great game that we all love? Well, I mean, I would say a few months ago, or possibly before the start of the England India Test series, that, that there was a concern for Test cricket. Absolutely. And there still is because we're never going to, the, the, the T20 tournaments are never going to go away, the domestic tournaments. We've now got T10 cricket. You know, c- cricket is changing and will keep changing. So what we need is robust, exciting test cricket. And we've had that over the last six months. We had England, India was 4-1, but it, it was closer than that. We had England going to Sri Lanka. People say away teams never win. England managed it there. New Zealand had a terrific win in the UAE against Pakistan, won that first test by four runs, ended up winning the series two. 
uh, Sri Lanka are now putting up a decent show in New Zealand and India are one all in Australia. So away teams are suddenly starting to put their hands up and that's what Test cricket needs. It, predictability would be the death of Test cricket. That isn't happening at the moment and that, that is heartening. I mean, you know, sometimes it feels like Test cricket's clinging on by its fingertips, but the last six months have made me a bit more optimistic that it can still form part of, you know, the wider cricket ecosystem. Brilliant stuff. Well, let's leave on that optimistic tone then, uh, Lawrence. Have a great Christmas. Thanks for joining us and uh, see you in the Caribbean, hopefully. Thanks, John. Have a great Christmas, Lawrence. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including... England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. So are you uh, as optimistic as Lawrence then when you look at the future of cricket, Gareth? Is it something that, uh, looking away from 2018, but looking to the next few years, are you, uh, are you optimistic about where cricket is heading in all its many, many formats? Yeah, I am, uh, to, a, to a greater extent. Um, I, I worry about this 100-ball competition. I wonder where we're going with it. I feel like we're we're trying to force something that possibly doesn't need forcing. Uh, but take that aside, I think we've seen some of the best test cricket uh, for a long period of time in 2018. Uh, we're seeing different 2020 competitions around the world, uh, spreading the, the gospel of cricket around the world in a brilliant fashion. Uh, and we're seeing domestic cricket in England going from strength to strength. Crowds are up. I think about seven percent in the in the 2020 stuff. So that's a huge leap uh, for some of the clubs. Um, and we see uh, selfishly, we see Surrey back at the top of the championship. So look, I I think we're in. Um, I really do believe that cricket is in a good place. I think we need to respect the fact that we're in a good place and try and keep moving it forward in the correct manner and understand that we've got three formats that we can push in Test cricket, One Day cricket, and 2020. And the fourth is the worry for me, but um, let's not be talking negatively about our brilliant game that's had a wonderful year. Well, we've been speaking a lot and at length about England's 2018, but no wrap-up of the year it could be uh, complete without talking about the biggest team in world cricket, the number one team in world cricket, and that's India. And I'm pleased to say Chaitan Narula, uh, top Indian 
cricket broadcaster joins us just to look back at 2018 because at the start of it it was all about this being the defining year for Virat Kohli's captaincy and uh, yes we have the Melbourne test to come and if India win that it will completely change things as it will if they lose it but uh, looking back at 2018 a year when India toured South Africa they toured England and of course Australia how has it panned out well they lost in South Africa but they did win a test they lost in England but they won a test they've won a test so far in Australia so Chayton as we stand here with uh, um, Christmas Day not too far away how will 2018 be viewed uh, for, by the Indian public has it been uh, opportunity lost or um, for those with a glass half full will they point to victories in all three countries and say that in itself is a success I think it will be termed as a year where opportunities were lost it'll be it'll be classified under the disappointment category indian cricket has been winning solitary test matches in south africa england australia for the last two decades but none of those teams had a bowling attack which had the quality that this indian team possesses five mature fast bowlers world-class spinners even an all-rounder in hardik pandya so you look at teams in, under Saurav Ganguly, you look at teams under MS Thoni, they did not have bowling attacks to win overseas. And even then, they used to win solitary test matches. We've seen that under Saurav Ganguly, under MS Thoni, throughout the last two decades. This year was supposed to be the defining moment of Indian cricket overseas. There was a lot said about their number one ranking because of mathematical calculations coming in at home. And uh, even coach Ravi Shastri said that this year was going to define Indian cricket. They still have an opportunity in Australia as we speak. But having said that, never mind what happens in Melbourne. You know, they had a fantastic chance to win series in South Africa. Same in England. But they just blew it away. I think this year has to be classified as a bit of a disappointment. Chetan, just just moving forward, obviously there's been some really good stuff from India this year. Um, take take uh, Virat Kohli aside. Who are the two main players that stand shoulder to shoulder with Kohli driving this team forward for 2019? I think uh, looking back from the second half of the England tour, I think Cheteshwar Pujara has really turned a corner. That uh, test match in Nottingham, the second innings, he got some runs. He just continued that form into Southampton. Got a hundred there, almost almost single-handedly won the game for India there. But he's he's taken that form and he's come to Australia and he's shown that you know he can become the second pillar in this batting lineup along with Virat Kohli. And that is something that we have missed. We missed that in South Africa, missed that perhaps in the earlier half of the England tour. And not only this year, even in the previous cycle, that was 2013-14, we missed somebody just standing up and supporting, you know, two batsmen scoring throughout an overseas tour. So I think Cheteshwar Pujara is somebody who's had a turning point. In terms of the other player, I would I would pick Jaspreet Bumrah. I mean, he, he only made his test debut in January. And uh, right now, he's already India's strike bowler in test cricket. He's the go-to bowler. And, and it's a phenomenal story. Somebody who, who came into the limelight through the IPL, Yes, he's been playing domestic cricket, first-class cricket, but it was really the IPL that brought him into the limelight, has has a different action, really good pace, pinpoint Yorkers, really good accuracy for ODI and T20 cricket. 
And he's always been making that step up one after the other. And this is the final step up that he's made. And everybody had a doubt, you know, where will he be successful in South Africa? He was. Then there were doubts, will he be successful in England? And he was. And again, in Australia, he's come and shown that he is the go-to bowler, the strike bowler, like I said. So I think these two players have really stood up. It's just a bit of, uh, you know, if, if they can come, the whole team can work collectively, perhaps the results could have been better. So if everything was pinned on 2018 being the defining year, what does 2019 hold for India? What are the challenges uh, that awaits this? Or is there a danger that actually attention in the test arena might uh, go elsewhere, especially with the World Cup coming up? Yes, I think uh, that is going to be the scenario because uh, the Sydney test will be the last test that India play for at least six or seven months. It'll be a constant white ball, you know, overdose from then you go to New Zealand, Australia come home and play five ODIs and then you have um, the IPL which is leading into the World Cup. I think the focus really will shift to the World Cup. Even in terms of test cricket, you have the Indian team going to West Indies for two test matches and then South Africa come home for uh, for four tests that's in October but you're playing in home conditions so in terms of when you're talking about the overseas test schedule India will have a bit of break there the next overseas test series is uh, January to 2020 that is in New Zealand so 2019 is all about that ODI World Cup and uh, when I say that India have been building towards it 2017 September in Sri Lanka that's where they started on the road to the World Cup they have two good pacers in Bumrah and, Shash- and Bhuvneshwar Kumar. They have uh, they've experimented a lot with wrist spin. And you have Yuzvendra Chahal and Kuldeep Yadav who are doing extremely well there. They have a bit of uh, bit of way to go with their middle order perhaps. But the Indian top order, Shikhar Dhawan, Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli, is arguably the finest top order in white ball cricket at the moment. So these are really different factors that have come together and built a solid Indian ODI lineup and and along with England I think they will start favorites as uh, or perhaps the second favorites after England for the for the 2019 World Cup so that is going to be a target for them and, and just finally going back to the red ball stuff um 2019 yeah. after the World Cup um it's it's difficult for India winning series away from home what is yeah. the most important thing now for India is it the balance of the team? Is it the personnel in the team? How do they get more consistent in their red ball cricket away from home? They're obviously brilliant at home. What is the final component to make them a force around the world all year round? I'll be very honest. And uh, and as we speak, there are two test matches to go uh, in Melbourne and Sydney. At this point in time, if India do not win this series, irrespective of what happens in the World Cup, I think India might have to look at a change in captaincy. And it's it's a big call to make, you know. Rohit Sharma has been doing really well in limited overs cricket. You want somebody, I'm not saying Rohit Sharma should be test captain, no. Uh, Maybe somebody like Chiteshwar Pujara, maybe somebody like Ashwin. What I want to see with India, if they do not win in Australia, if they do not win this test series in Australia, I do not see how Virat Kohli can be test captain any longer because you have to have some sort of stability in team selection in in, in terms of the team management, which is something that we have not seen. Until the Southampton test in England, they had 38 changes in 38 test matches, consecutive test matches. 
And that sort of upheaval in the dressing room doesn't really help, especially when you're touring overseas. So, you know, you need a captain who perhaps is more consistent with what he says and how he reads the conditions, how he selects his team and how he backs the team. So that is what we saw with somebody like Saurav Ganguly. If he would pick, say, Virendra Sehwag to open in England, he would say, you will play all these five test matches. That is something that we have not seen from Virat Kohli. Perhaps we will not see from him because he's he's really volatile character himself. So I'm not sure that's the best sort of leadership you're looking for when you're traveling overseas. So unless India win in Australia, I think they should look at a change in test captaincy. Well, we've talked about India. We've talked about England. We talked about Sandpaper Gate. Uh... I can't let you go, Gareth, uh, without talking about Surrey 2018 uh, and uh, back to the top of the table, as you mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, winners, county championship, division one winners. Um, we've got more uh, Surrey players in and around that England side than there has been for the best part of 20 years. Uh, it's, uh, it's a great place to be. I'm sure it's a, an amazing feeling. It is as a fan. Um, what's it like as, a, as someone who plays for the club? I mean, there must be a huge buzz just back at being back in training and, and looking forward to the challenges that, that 2019 are going to bring. The, the biggest one, can you do it again without the likes of, uh, of folks and the Currens and uh, possibly Jason Roy? Um, that's going to be a, it's going to be a tough task. Yeah, and, and you, you bang on. There's a wonderful feeling about the club. There has been for a couple of years without the, the sort of backing it up of silverware. So now we've finally got that uh, off our back and we've got over the line and we've got the silverware. And the one that we wanted, the championship, you know, it's the big one. Um, it's a brilliant base for this group of players to start from. Um, I, I think barring myself and, and potentially Ricky Clark in the next couple of years, it's a squad that's going to be around for a long time. Uh, and the club and a lot of people at the club have worked very hard uh, to get to that position of stability, to allow young players to flourish in and around some senior players. And hopefully we see the fruits of, uh, of that hard work in the next five, six years. The big question, can we do it again next year and add a white ball trophy to it. That is the expectation of the club. That is where we want to take the club. Um, but also you can't be uh, you can't be arrogant about it because there's 17 other counties that are that are equally up to the task to uh, to get the the silverware that's on offer. Well mate, uh, really appreciate uh, appreciated having you as part of uh, Talksport and Talksport 2's cricket team as well as uh, being part of Surrey's cricket team. Uh, 2019 promises uh, plenty more uh, for both, uh, for yourself, and uh, it promises to be a, a really exciting time. Saying that, we do still have a following on before 2019, so uh, we, maybe I've gone a little bit early in that regard. But, mate, have a great Christmas, and uh, we'll be back for uh, a New Year's Eve uh, following on uh, in a week's time. Cheers, buddy. Have a great Christmas. Love to family. So that's it for this week's following on. Next week's show will be the last for 2018 and we will reflect on three Boxing Day test matches. Australia against India at the MCG. South Africa against Pakistan at Centurion. And New Zealand against Sri Lanka in Christchurch. Busy, busy times. This has been following on. To never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. See you next week. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan.
With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 